It's the news I have been promising and I can finally share it with you. And it almost feels so odd to be sharing this news during this time of the world, but it's like such an incredible time to be the you that you want to be. And so I am stoked to finally tell you guys that I have empowered a motivational journal for women coming out June. And guys, let me tell you, it is full of thought-provoking prompts that encourage and empower you to dig deep and cultivate positive change. It's motivational. It's got tons of inspirational quotes and plenty of pages to write and a gorgeous design with illustrations. And I am so proud of it. It totally puts into practice everything uh, that I did to see the dream of being traditionally published with an international book to fruition. And I know uh, that so many of these prompts have had wild success with my clients, and I'm so excited to finally share this with you. And you can pre-order it today. Ah, I can't believe it's like really happening. And I put the link in the show notes. Check it out. I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Last year, I had Quinn from At Everchanging Horizon on the podcast, and it was such a great episode. He really talked about leaving comfortability to dive into something that you really want to do in your life. And since then, he has actually been traveling the world in a van, and it's super duper awesome. And I thought, what a great time to have Quinn back on when things are so uncomfortable and just shed a little bit of insight and hope towards the future life that you can create. You've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. There is no better excuse. There is no better time than now to be the you that you want to be. Check it out. So it is pretty cool to have you back on. I feel like the world is totally different since you were last on. Yeah, totally. What was it about a year ago now? I think it was last July. So yeah, we're creeping up onto a year. Oh, onto a year. Gotcha. Yeah, wow. It, does, it seems like a while ago now that everything's happened and changed. So, so um, how have you been doing just in general in, in the course? I mean, like kind of skirting over the whole pandemic part. How have you been doing with life? Um, it, I don't know. I don't think I'm very representative um, of the general population. But honestly, it's been really, really good for me. Um, I think... F- I've been doing this for about five years and I've always wanted a break, but I've never been able to give myself a break until I was kind of forced or at least placed in a similar situation where everyone had to take a break. Then I felt, I felt like it was justified and I was able, I've been able to sleep in a little bit more and just, I guess, kind of reevaluate everything that's happened and, and how grateful I am to be where I am. So um, it's it's yeah, like overall, permission, right? It, yeah, it's like definitely. permission. Yeah, um, I've really been feeling that too. I'm kind of the person that has a million things going on at any given time. And I feel like I had plenty of permission to put certain things on the back burner or 
before I would have to make excuses for why. And now it's like, oh, pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, it feels kind of nice to, to like put some things off of the priority list and pull some things up that yeah. um, I've been wanting to do more and focus more on. So that's, that's been actually kind of awesome. I agree with you. Definitely. So uh, mentally, really good. Financially, not that great. Uh, emotionally, really good. Overall, I, I'm really happy to have that break. And I mean, I haven't honestly been taking a break per se, but I've been, I, I bought a new van and I started to convert that van. And it's just nice to focus on one thing and not really have to stress about um, the fact that I should be out creating content or traveling or something like that. Cause at this point we're not supposed to be out doing anything like that. So it's just nice to not have that stress of like a, a big opportunity cost of uh, not traveling, you know? And I totally want to dive into the van topic because that's so cool. And not only that, but I was thinking when I was looking, cause I read one of your posts said something like that. This is your fourth van. And I was wondering is that like fourth van in your lifetime or like fourth van that you're working on? Maybe are you potentially thinking of building these and selling them? Well, yeah, I have. And uh, this is my fourth one that I've, I guess it's kind of a, it's kind of a gray answer. It's my fourth van, but uh, it's really my second one that I've like fully, fully kitted out and put a lot of work and effort into. My first van was a, I think a 1985 Toyota van. I got it for maybe four grand and I converted it for a few hundred dollars in like a few days, you know, um, not really thinking much of it. I just kind of put some curtains up and made a bed platform and bought a mattress. Um, so there was no like electrical aspect or anything like that. It was very, uh, very ghetto and in, in a lot of ways. I love that um, van. I saw the picture of it. It was awesome. So retro. Yeah, it was cool looking, but uh, it never really ran right. And I ended up taking a loss on that one uh, when I sold it. Um, and then for a little while, I was super anti-van life because that was kind of a weird intro. I, I took off so many times and it ended up breaking down. I had to get it towed like hundreds of miles back home oh my. one time. Um, so not only did I sell it for like a thousand bucks after I put four grand into it, but I also put like 10 grand into like repairs and towing and all that stuff. So it was kind of a nightmare, um, project for, for van life. And then I just got, after that, I just got a normal car. I was kind of swearing off van life. I didn't think it was all it was cracked up to be just because of my bad experience. Um, I think maybe a year later, I have a friend um, from an old job that I had. He happens to convert vans now, and he announced that he had like a, a certain van that kind of appealed to me. It was a, a short wheelbase sprinter van, and um, I told him I was interested and eventually en ended up buying the one that he converted. Um, so my second van, I didn't convert at all. I just ended up buying it because it was a good deal, and I... I had a buddy that was that I trusted in making the van. Um, and I got that van just kind of with the idea of uh, extended road trips, maybe help me stay out on the road a little bit longer so that I could get better shots. You know, it was kind of like an investment in my mind. Um, 
and I didn't really expect to want to live in it full time or anything like that. But when I got it and I could stand in it and I could like it almost felt like a house on wheels, like a legit house. It was kind of an eye opening experience for me. And, and I haven't had my own place for like five years since I started this uh, photography thing. So it was like I finally had my own place and I could park it in my different family members' driveways. You know, I have family in Portland. I have family in San Diego. And then I have buddies in Utah. And so it was like all of a sudden it, it just kind of clicked like this is it. I have my own space finally, but I'm not committing to one location. And, you know, I can mooch off my family for a few weeks if I'm just using the shower every other day or something like that. I'm not putting them out like sleeping on their couch or taking up the guest bedroom. I have my own space. So, yeah, it- I I have a I have a friend who's in a band. Actually, they've been on this podcast, um, Little Hurricane, and th- they started in San Diego, okay. um, down south. But they nice. they bought a Sprinter van not too long ago for their tours and stuff. They also tour, you know, in Germany and stuff. But we were <laughs> after a local concert one night. I was helping them load their stuff, and I was shocked at how much stuff you could cram in that van. Like it's so much taller and bigger than it seems. Yeah, I was really surprised sure. by that. I uh, We have a cab over, my husband and I, and my biggest complaint is I can't sit up in bed. Like, it drives me nuts that I can't, you uh, know, like, I don't know if it's a claustrophobia thing or what. So when you were describing, like, oh, I could stand up all the way, that's a big thing. Like, we can stand up in our cab over, but not in the bed part, which is, it's fine. It yeah. still gets us around. But um, I grew uh, up in a 27-foot fifth wheel with no running water and no electricity. I can kind of relate, but we didn't go anywhere. So my parents were cool way before it was cool, (laughs) but we lived in the rural Sierra Nevada. So it was, it was always like an adventure. There was always something to do, you know, like an adventure to be had, but I definitely can relate to the feeling of like, after that experience for many years, I would not know. I was like, "Mm -mm, nope, no, no camping, nothing like remotely resembling camping. I'm (laughs) done. Like, Um, but then now, you know, I go all over in a cab over and that's totally fine, you know? So I think it just takes some perspective, maybe like some life perspective Yeah. to, um, shift your priorities or something. I'm not sure. You just have to make the choice for yourself in the end to, to appreciate it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So the Sprinter van was, man, it really did feel like a home and for that reason, I was like, okay, this is, this is super awesome. I kind of want to convert everything myself because although it was awesome, that first van, I think probably two thirds of the house part of the van was the bed. So it had a tiny little kitchen and this huge bed um, that was in my mind, as time went on and I started to really appreciate van life, I just saw it as an inefficiency like I didn't want that big of a bed I didn't need it uh, lots of times I was sleeping in it like over half the time I'm, I'm sleeping in these vans completely solo so I don't need like a five and a half feet wide by six and a half feet long bed you know it's just way too big so um yeah as I started to really get into van life I started to kind of criticize the build and and want to change it And that was the reason why I I sold that Sprinter. 
And I was super surprised because I, I bought that first Sprinter for like 39K and I was able to sell it a year later with like 40,000 more miles on it for 45,000. Wow. So I was able to flip it for a profit. Uh, and that's when I started to see it as potentially even a side hustle, you know? So Definitely. it's a little bit more justified to like do a new van every year because it's what I, first off, it's what I want to do. It's kind of like a separate creating hobby you know like it it helps me be a better photographer to have like a hobby that I can still activate my creative mind but I'm not behind a camera I'm building things with my hands and they kind of play off of each other when I get better at building vans I'm a better photographer and vice versa you know and I'm sure you have uh like you said as you spend time in it you're like oh this is awesome but that would be better if yeah so I noticed you just put the the water over the wheel well. Yeah. So how many gallons do you have? I'm dying to know. We had yeah. 36 gallons in our in our travel trailer that we lived in as when my when we were little when my parents were gotcha. when we were grown up. How many gallons? Is that do you with have? the shower? Did yeah, that shower was with. Then? Yeah, so we had to turn the shower on, turn it off, turn it, you know, like do that whole deal. Yeah, I gotcha. So I that's one thing that. that I'm still not full full time in the van. Like I, I mooch off of whoever I'm staying with. I have a big enough network. I have a really big family and I have friends from like when I lived in Hawaii and in different places. So I have a big enough network where I don't see it justified to put a shower in. Um, and that makes it so I don't need as much water storage. Now you've um, seen those external pop-up ones though. Like their tents uh, that pop up outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I just... You want a legit shower. I guess I'm comfortable being dirty. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one who needs to shower every day or even every other day. It depends on how warm it is and what I'm doing. But generally speaking, I stop at truck stops like once a week. And truck we stop showers... We love loves. The loves are the best. Yeah. Yeah, Love's Have you ever gas been to a Love's? Oh, they're mm -hmm. the best ones. They're so amazing. Yeah, no, I hop Love's. Like, I don't just shower there, but I sleep there. I, I use them as campgrounds. That's what we they're, do, too, when we're on our yeah. road trips. Like, we'll do a couple thousand mile road trips, and we literally look for the Love's. I'm obviously, mm -hmm. our big stops are national parks and different things like that. But in between, we love Love's. Oh, my gosh. Love Love's. Yeah, I. it sounds weird, but I would probably rather sleep at a, a truck stop than uh than a rest area than in the middle of nowhere like i'm more comfortable sleeping around other people like me which i consider me kind of like a, a truck driver <laughs> in a lot of ways like <laughs> I, I relate to truck drivers because like a lot of my uh, daily routines are just like you know driving down the highway and then when i get too tired i pull off in a truck stop and i pull right in between the the trucks and I know they're sleeping. I know I'm sleeping. It's it's almost like a little community aspect. Um, I sleep really well under those circumstances. And when I go off and I, I sleep kind of out in the middle of nowhere, it's strangely not as comforting because like anyone could show up, you know, it's like forest roads. Generally speaking, nobody shows up because it's so far out there. But if somebody does, they probably wouldn't be the kind of person you'd want to bump into. <laughs> I don't know like they probably Maybe. would be but it just feels like 
I don't know, a little tiny bit more sketchy. Like I and I can sleep out in the middle of nowhere just fine, but for some reason, the more I sleep at truck stops, the more I like them. You know? Yeah, it's funny because it just seems like people listening will probably be like, "Ew, gross!" But I swear, until you've like showered yeah. at a Loves and used a Loves or any of those, I mean, there's other mm-hmm. nice ones too. But it, mm-hmm. it's it's really like a cool experience. I'm with you. For so, sure. so in light of kind of the whole, and we'll get back to the van too, but in light of kind of everything that's happening with COVID, have you been able to do any travel? If not, and even if, how do you see nature responding to kind of the lack of people and tourism responding to the lack of people? What are you seeing out there? Well, I'm not out there, so I can't really answer that question. Um, I haven't traveled so I don't know if you know what happened, but I was planning a, a huge trip. This is like five years in the making. I, you know, I converted my my last van, the one that I was talking to you about on the last podcast. I converted that one with the idea that I'm going to take it down to South America. I've been wanting to take this van trip down to South America since I since I started my first trip that I took as a photographer, I was going to try to make it to South America and I got to Panama and realized the road ended and I would need an extra like thousand bucks to ship my van to, to Colombia, And I didn't have it. So ever since I like kind of had this failed trip in the beginning, I wanted to successfully make it down to South America. Um, so it was like five years in the making finally made it down there um a lot of stuff happened it was a pretty rough trip i got robbed multiple times the van got looted on the shipment down um number of things and uh covid was the the cherry on top when when all the countries started closing down their borders and and things like that all of a sudden it was like basically the trip was over and that all those announcements happened when we were at the salt flats in bolivia Mm. Um, so from Bolivia, we jetted over to, uh, the coast in, in Chile and I was able to ship my van, you know, quickly negotiate a shipment, um, for my van. So I guess this is a really long winded answer to, to your question, but, um, I haven't since COVID hit. And the quarantine was issued. I haven't traveled at all. I've just been literally at my parents' house in California. Um, And the beauty of it is that I have a ton of new content based off of the trip that I was on when the quarantine order hit. So I don't, I'm not stressed. I'm not like really hurting for content or new content even because I had a big stockpile of the, like the two months leading up to the whole, um, coronavirus. Um, wow. so I can't really say I like, it's kind of tough. Cause I feel like everyone is kind of basing all of their information off of different articles that are super biased and showing one side or the other side. So mm-hmm. I've definitely seen a lot of really good hopeful articles that you know the silver lining of uh, the coronavirus shutting down all these big companies worldwide is that you know the ozone layer is is doing really well and 
um, animals are coming back into cities and things like that. And, and that's awesome. But personally, I, I can't really say, I don't know how it's affecting it that much just cause I've been at my parents' house converting this van. <laughs> so, but I think what you're describing is something a lot of people are going through right now, which is that they had plans. They had fun things that they were going to do and everything just got kind of put on hold. And, um, mm-hmm. it seems to me that the people that are doing the best are the ones who are kind of redefining what was going to be and taking a look at what they can create now. And I like that you describe, Hey, I had this two months of content. Now I've got some time to, um, continue to put it out there and work on this other project that I'm super excited about. Um, so, so what does, as things are starting to open, what does redefining look like for you? Like how has this shifted your perspective as being a travel photographer, blogger, you know, influencer, how, how is that shifting for you now? Well, I can't say that it is shifting all that much for me. Um, I'm really grateful that, that basically I, uh, if, if COVID would have hit one or two years into my career, it would have probably wiped me out. Like, but because I'm five years into it, um, like my first and second year of doing this, I, I was broke. I, I wasn't getting enough money. I was really living like, I can't say paycheck to paycheck because it wasn't a routine paycheck. Like I was barely getting enough to, to get by. And I think because I went through those hard times in the beginning, when I finally started making money in like year three, four, five, um, I kind of had this really skeptical outlook. Um, and I didn't go out and buy all the best camera gear. I didn't go out and buy everything that I could. I was really, really tight with my money still and saved as much as possible. So basically all this the covid um all this stuff is basically re i guess confirming my uh my need to be tight with money and to be really uh just just smart maybe with my purchases and i don't know just have a more long-term outlook on things as opposed to uh I think a lot of people kind of panicked when all this was happening. And uh, I I don't think that's a, obviously it's not good to panic, but um, I halfway expected to, you know, be out of a job. Literally every year I've had this job because it's such a unsure profession. um, I've always thought that my jobs would dry up the next year. I've always kind of felt like I need to, I need to hope for the long run, but I also need to prepare as if like nobody's going to want to work with me and my social presence will be irrelevant the next year. I need to just keep kind of keep that paranoid mentality to it all. Um, and, and work that just inspires me to work that much harder to maintain relevance and to, basically offer a lot of value to the clients that I do have so that I can keep them as clients or even attract new ones. 
Um, you know, as you're just, as you're describing that, I'm thinking about like, um, what a different perspective that is compared to a lot of people that are in probably, you know, day jobs with these quote steady paychecks, but how awesome of a way of life, how, how awesome is it to look at life that way as if nothing is certain. And if everybody had that kind of air of paranoia, like you described to a certain extent, how differently would people live and how better prepared would they have been when this happened? I think one thing that COVID has done is rocked the um, certain level that people felt to a very uncertain level, you know, and created that kind of uncomfortability of like, wow, nothing that I used to put weight in is there anymore or right now, temporarily, whatever. And um, so how do I shift and, and survive and thrive and do things differently. So, I mean, I think that while, you know, a year and a half ago, a lot of people would have probably been like, oh, Quinn's completely crazy for living like that. I need my steady paycheck, blah, blah, blah. Now they're like, hmm, well, maybe he's onto something. That that seems like a pretty good way to live life, you know? Yeah. In a lot of ways, uh, I feel like the majority, at least, you know, like 70% of at least American population makes a lot of their career choices based off of safety and, and structure. And, and in a lot of ways, the COVID thing has given all those people a taste of what it's like to be a freelancer. Because <laughs> I, I, even when it's not a crazy pandemic happening, Last year, for instance, I didn't have a job from January to June. So the like just this big gap of not having jobs doesn't feel that extreme. If anything, it's it's almost a little bit comforting because I feel like when I don't have jobs and it looks like everyone else has jobs, it kind of makes me think there's something wrong with me. So at least everyone's in the same boat, um, <laughs> you know, so like, I don't know, for me, it, it doesn't feel that much different in terms of uh my my career and just the lack of of income coming in um after five years of you know having massive massive breaks of of income coming in it's not rocking my world like it would be for you know a lot of people that have had a steady income for like 10 years straight that's like a crazy shock to the system you know so are you still grateful for the choice that you made to leave your day job? And is your plan to continue doing what you're doing? Um, oh, well, I'm definitely grateful. It's been such a really, it's been an eye-opening experience. And probably the biggest thing is that I'm just going to be so happy to look back on this time that I, that I really went for it and lived passionately and, I have so many photos to show for it. It's just going to be really fun to, to look back on. Um, but in terms of, sorry, what was the second question on that? What, what, what is the next five years look like? I mean, five years ago yeah. or so you left your day job. Do, do you foresee doing this for the next five years? Um, I foresee doing this until I get a family most likely. And, and family is super important to me. So I would think that I'll get a family within the next five years. Um, and when that happens, like I just put so much work and and effort into what I do right now that I I wouldn't want to be, um, gone for that long for, yeah, just so much throughout the year. 
Um, so I, I like the, the skill that I've developed of, of creating photography specifically, but you know, like I get the same rush out of uh, making vans as I do photography. Um, so, and, and it's almost like really exciting and refreshing to not be taking photos right now. So that kind of indicates to me that I don't necessarily need to be in photography or social media, like this specific career that I'm in right now. I just have to get some kind of a, a creative buzz out of what I'm doing. And to be honest, like I, I have a business mind. I graduated in accounting for a reason. Like I like accounting. I like, uh, I like business and I could see myself going into marketing or, creative direction or something like that. Some, some business related um, variation of what I'm doing where I can have a home base and have a family and stuff like that. That's kind of where I see it going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that makes sense to me that at some point you're, you're probably going to want some roots that are a little more <laughs> um, yeah. school, school worthy and, and, you know, all of those. Um <laughs> So one of the things, sorry, no worries. <laughs> I uh, I'm in my buddy's car and I said I was gonna say the van's horn works. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not in. I'm I'm in a Tesla. So <laughs> so, so good luck figuring that out then. <laughs> okay, it's it's off. It's off. <laughs> I, I don't know um, these things. They're kind of high you tech. might have put your fingerprint in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. So so. Wow, we could talk for hours about Elon Musk, but on that, um, <laughs> yeah. how do you how do you feel about um, so in just general terms? How do you feel about technology, social media, and how it's participating in what's happening? And I say it as if it's a living being organism because I think it is in a certain way. Um, how do you think that it's helping or hurting? What do you see in that being really in the social media world? What do you see with it? black screen of death freaks me out that's funny we we're talking about technology and then that happened it's like yeah. they're listening big brother's listening <laughs> yeah, totally. 
No, I, I don't have the temperature thing happen very often in uh, like California. It happened a lot in Hawaii for me. Oh, I bet with the humidity too. Yeah, I'd like leave it on some rocks when I'm swimming or something. And mm-hmm. come... So um, on that note, I noticed that you have a surfboard slot. Do you do a lot of surfing? Yes, I I did a lot growing up. It was kind of like my first passion and in the way that I have photography and converting vans now. I was just really into surfing growing up. Um, And then I moved out to Hawaii and I got even more into it, surfing every day. Um, Kind of got out of it, I want to say, like for about past eight years. And now I just really want to get back into it. So that's that's why I put the surfboard slot in there. I just wanted to uh, get back into it and kind of I just want to get a nice board that I'm excited to have and proud of. And so that will hopefully uh, inspire me to get out and, and surf a little bit more. Cause... Especially if you make it back down to South America. I have a friends um, that moved from San Diego down to Chile and they are always posting their surfing pictures and their beautiful, you know, waves that they have. I could never get into it. It was either too cold living in San Diego myself. I just thought the water was too cold or I was terrified of sharks. (laughs) So it just never worked out for me. (laughs) I love the water though. I love being in it around it, but I don't know something about like looking like a seal just doesn't work for my (laughs) mental status. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, I think it's something that I think it's something that if you grow up with it, it's, uh, it's comfortable, but anyone that doesn't grow up going in the ocean, it's, it's big and dark and scary and it has lots of animals and stuff. So totally. Um, I'm, I'm much better in a boat. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm a little bit more scared of like the mountains and stuff. Cause I didn't grow up with that, but the ocean. Oh, that's interesting. I was hiking on one of our trails the other day, which is like my backyard trail. It's like my on the way home, go hike it trail. And all of a sudden people are coming up from Sacramento and just all over um, to hike and do things like that. And I think part of it's Instagram, but I think part of it is also like recently COVID they're finding more and more like, you know, hidden trails. And I swear they were completely decked out like decked out they had on you know their full hiking gear and their walking sticks and I I just I kind of had a chuckle and they were like have you seen any mountain lions on this trail we read that there's mountain and I'm like they're everywhere and they're watching us right now for certain (laughs) (laughs) um we you know we catch them on the game cam all the time like they're for sure here and their faces you would think that I told them that I just saw like the devil or something Um, but to me I grew up with it so I'm I mean I know they're there and I respect that and yeah there's always kind of like if I get a creepy feeling you know like um, one day my son and I were picking blackberries and um, on a kind of rural trail and I did, I was not carrying anything, no pepper spray, n- nothing. And, um, I, I just had like this weird feeling. And so I was like, I think we're done picking blackberries and you got to pay attention to that stuff. You know, when you get those, yeah. like mm, somebody's looking for a snack. <laughs> feelings. Yeah, but, sure. Um, so, so one of the things I've been noticing is a lot of the influencers have been taking to social media to kind of 
either use this time really well um, because they're they're not as busy as usual. Um, I noticed Alex uh, Alex Honnold's been doing a lot with um, and Jimmy Chin too with just kind of general awareness of nature and different foundations and things like that. And then I also see some um, social media influencers that are you know really promoting stay at home or not promoting stay at home. Just different approaches, different different kinds of things. Not saying there's like good, bad, right, or wrong. Um, how are you dealing with the whole, the whole pressure as, as an influencer with, with a fairly large audience? I mean, what, what are you like 1.2 million or something? Maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does that affect you? How do you feel kind of floating through all of this time? You know, what, what are you seeing in the way of response from people, things like that? How are you dealing with it? Um, I'm paranoid of losing relevance, um, kind of like what I was talking about. Like, I feel like if I lose online relevance, I kind of lose my job and I would have to generally go back to a desk job. So I'm super paranoid of basically losing connection with my audience. Um, so the only ways that I'm dealing with it is I don't have the excuse that I can't post. I guess there's there's two ways that I that you can kind of go about um, making excuses to post or not post as an influencer, and I generally make the excuse that I'm not going to post when I don't have actual time, when I'm like out creating content. I kind of put priority into like creating new content, and so I make an excuse not to post because I have other stuff to do. Um, other people make excuses that they don't want to post that because they don't have new content but right now i have time but not current content and so i basically made the conscious decision that i'm gonna post every other day three times a week generally which is much more than i normally post i was kind of around like one or two times a week because i have the time um, and i have all my hard drives like you know I keep them in my dad's safe at my parents house and lots of times I don't have access to full my full um, catalog that I'm just going to post more often and I'm also going to put more effort into writing thoughts down in the, in the captions because that's what I can do mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah I just made it a point to try to be more consistent now that I don't have the excuse that I don't have the time and to not so much write captions about COVID-19, but more so write captions about all the thoughts that I've been having over the past year. Like, I generally have, like, notes on my phone of, like, just ideas, like, interesting ideas that are always on my mind that potentially could be uh, universally interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm you know, that would be worth sharing to the mass audience. And so I have all these different subjects that I've really wanted to tackle that are are kind of sensitive subjects lots of the time that I've always wanted to tackle that I have to kind of find a personal story that illustrates it. Mm -hmm. So I've been focusing a lot more on kind of like what Alex Honnold, what you're saying, I know you're talking about, he had like a a vegan type thing and then like, yeah, yeah. And how he thinks it's the best and, just his, all of his uh, 
different insights. Those are the stuff, that's the stuff that he thinks about. And that's the stuff that's really, he's really passionate about. And lots of times what I'm more passionate about is, um, mental health. And like right now I'm really, really into van life and tiny living and like minimalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever like but what I'm into and what I'm constantly thinking about is way different this year than it was five years ago um, so I, I just think it's it's just a reflection of where my mental state is and uh, if I have the time and desire to express it in the same way that I express when I when I go out and create photos um, if I have the time to sit down and write, then I don't see, I don't want to make any excuses to not do it. So I would say that even though I haven't been creating new content in the last two months, my account has been doing just as well, if not better, um, in terms of numbers. So I do think that captions for me are, are pretty big and valuable. And I think a lot of people appreciate appreciate it. Um, so that's been my approach to content during these times. Um, I generally don't try to get political. I don't try to like take a side with the COVID-19 thing. If you should be out traveling or shouldn't be out traveling, I'm not. And I've made that clear. But I don't, I don't want to alienate anybody. So that's an overall goal. Yeah, I think that um, I can't imagine the pressure that, you know, you must feel from a, as a content creator in, in, at that level. I know how I feel even <laughs> doing what I do with the podcast and, and things like that. And my Instagram, I actually started over completely from scratch, oh, which wow. actually feels kind of, um, yeah, my old one got hacked and then it just was never the same. And I was constantly getting like action blocked. And, um, actually a lot of my different websites, I like an idiot was using the same password for everything. That's not a good idea. <laughs> so I had a lot of different websites that were all messed up, but, um, yeah. And so and I actually feel kind of empowered to start over and I, like you, find um, inspiration from experiences that are unfolding, you know, from things that are happening. And I tend to jot them down, too, and then find the right time to to say them. It usually takes me a day or two, um, which isn't very long, but to kind of think about how I want to present that, you know, in a way that's not off-putting to people, but but also is authentic and true to what I feel, you know? Yeah. And that can be, that can be a challenge. I can't imagine doing it in front of 1.2 million people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For me, it's, it, there's not really a, a consistent amount of time. It takes me sometimes. I literally just on the fly, write something, uh, in five minutes and post it. Other times I, I'm working on captions for like, you know, months and yeah. Um, and sending them, you know, to Jess to see if she thinks it's any good. <laughs> any good. So, you know, like it's sometimes I really work hard on a caption and it never actually happens. But I mean, it's therapeutic just to like try to figure out how to tackle like uh, controversial or even just sensitive subjects um, and present them in a way that won't it 
the biggest thing is just getting getting my point across. Lots of times, like I'll write a caption about um, like the caption that I wrote yesterday um, was basically about how my greatest strengths actually um, when taken into an extreme, which I generally do take things to an extreme extent, they turn into weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So, but I used the word selfish and everyone kind of fixated on the word self. So like, there's like such like a fine line, fine balance. If you use one word wrong, yeah, um, people will fixate on that and it changes the complete tone of your whole, of what you, like your main, my main message was kind of thrown off by using one wrong word. Wow. <laughs> um, so... But that's so true of people in general right now in general too. Like, you know, I think that we don't give a lot of leeway to people. Uh, We tend to just kind of cling on to one thing that we've created in our mind as to be wrong or whatever. And then we just run with that. I've seen that everywhere. Even with the mask, don't wear mask thing. It's like crazy how people get about it. Yeah. Everyone's so opinionated on that. So, so what's your advice to people who maybe right now are feeling kind of just lost, dazed, and confused in closing? Like, what, what, what is your, what's your word of advice to people? You've been living kind of this, um, you know, not uncertain, but more free-spirited, you know, life for a while. What, what would you suggest to people that are, that are um, in, in new territory and new waters? Oh, man. Um... I think people that are super stressed and worried about the future should probably stop getting on social media, probably stop, you know, listening to everyone that's super opinionated on both sides and kind of just, I think it's really healthy for me to like, I don't even watch the news anymore just because at this point, you know, what they're announcing today they're going to announce something different the next day. Like at this point, I just don't really feel the need to like continue to see the updates because I take them literally. And then all of a sudden they're completely different the next week. So I think the healthiest thing that I've done in this quarantine period is to find something to get lost in, like building my band, Uh, like just develop a new hobby to apply yourself and uh, to pass the time and it's not just wasting time it's like you know like I think back to my days in high school when I was making skateboards in my dad's shop with saws and stuff and and that has amounted to making bands like I'm pretty good with the jigsaw and all these things because I I just got bored as a teenager and and started playing around with them you know so I do think that like getting lost in creative hobbies or, you know, taking up an instrument or anything like that, like that type of stuff is not wasted time in any, in any way. Lots of times that stuff ends up, you know, being the best thing for you. And potentially if you're anything like me, it will make you a lot of money in the end because creative professions are, I feel like on the rise nowadays so if you're creative you'll be a better business person you'll be a better pretty much person well 
better well-rounded person to work with in any profession. So if you're able to find something that interests you even just a little bit and you recognize that and dive into it, I think that's the best use of this time when you can't work, when the news is really stressful, you know, you go to different channels, they're saying completely different things, all that stuff. Like that's a good way to get really, really stressed out about the future. And I would just work on yourself and develop some some new hobbies and new talents, you know? I love that. It's so well said. And it's exactly what I've, what I've been feeling um, and, and sharing myself is that all of this stuff today is just building blocks for tomorrow. I love that. Um, Such a great chat today. Thank you so much for coming back on Quinn and um, always a good time and, and insightful. And I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I like talking about this stuff. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.